around the church when they remembered that they were the lender and not the borrower. See, right there, you have to drop your borrower's mentality. And you have to decree that there's going to be a shift of wealth that is going to come your way. Somebody says, come in my way. And you are going to change sides of the table. And instead of asking somebody for money, asking somebody, can you have a car? Asking somebody, can you have a house? You will not only be able to decree it, but it will be established because you are now the lender. Oh, God. And did you know that real life, abundant life, and the God kind of life belong to you? If you know that and you believe it, come on and let a shout go in here. Come on, let a shout go in here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Are you ready to see things come to pass in your life that you only dreamed of? In this past year, I've seen God do things for me that I didn't think was possible. People told me I would always live a certain way. And God showed me I didn't have to do that. You can believe his word or you can believe people. You can make your choice. What's your choice? You going to believe God? Well, if you believe God, then you look for him to do what he promised he would do. High five your neighbor and say, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. High five your granddaddy. Lord, have mercy. Don't do him like that. Just looking at you. I don't want to high five you. Amen. God bless y'all. Now hug somebody as you sit down. And I want you to look at him and tell him, don't you ever let another chance to praise God go by you. <laughs> Do ever let that thing pass you. The man of God got up here and said, praise God for that. Amen. He said, praise God for that. I thought the place would erupt. But that's some powerful stuff you said. Maybe we should skip a couple of Sundays of saying it. Because sometimes when something becomes too common to us, we don't appreciate the value of it. No, we're not going to skip it. We're just going to appreciate it. Amen? From now on, from now on, when you, when you recite that declaration, listen to what you're saying. You know faith comes by? It can, be, it can be your voice. It doesn't have to be one of the preachers. It can be your voice. And I think it was Elder Smith two weeks ago said, that's all word. None of that stuff that somebody just came up with. Can, you know, the, the way, let me tell you about how that came about being, I'm going to move on. On a Saturday afternoon, I was sitting in my house. I lived on the south side of town. 
And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And I began to write that declaration. I put pen to paper and I did not lift it until it ended. Until I got to the last word. I mean, flowed. That's how a declaration came to be. And it's all scripture. It's all scripture. Say amen. So, see, the good part is I didn't make it up. The good part is God said it. Amen. And if God said it, guess what? He can't lie. And we learned last week that there's nothing too hard for God. Is there anything too hard for God? Let's look at this Bible for a moment. John chapter 2. Gospel of John, chapter 2. Lindsay L. King. That's Lindsay L. King right there, y'all. <laughs> if you're looking for Pastor Leslie, if you want to see her, you have to go to the island. <laughs> you have to go out to Wilmington and see her. She's out there working. Amen. Be- beautiful brand new school out there. Beautiful place. A young man was walking around, you know, and he noticed that people kept going to Pastor Leslie. I want to show y'all how God can do stuff. Pastor Leslie from, from Tatumville. From Tatum, she's from the Ville. You know what we call Tatumville, the hood. The neighborhood. And so, and so Pastor Leslie grew up in Tatumville and, and, and in the east side of Waters Avenue. Waters Avenue, North 36. You know what I'm saying? Right there with a lounge on the corner, right around the corner. About a Y'all know the little lounge right there, right there. Hair care place across the street. Remember that? Car wash right there. Boom. Remember that car wash? She, that's where she, she went to Beach High School. Amen. A.E. Beach. I said it's all right. I don't mean nothing by it. I'm just saying the name. I'm just, I went to the best school. But we're not going to get into that. But anyway. I'm going to. We're not going to get into that. But you have, to regard, you have to regard the school your pastor came from. They got to produce something good. Yeah. Ain't that right, Sister P? Yeah. Ain't that right, Lasana? Yeah. Hey, we up in here. <laughs> Savannah High is up in here. Anyway. Yeah. All right. All y'all schools were great. I'm going to end it right there. All y'all schools were great. God bless you. I'm glad you got an education. <laughs> But the young man walked up and he said, because he kept seeing people come to her, you know. So he was like, you're the principal? She said, yes, sir. He was like, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, it's amazing what God can do. Started off as a paraprofessional, a teacher's assistant. Now she runs the school. Just wanted to share that testimony, not to brag. I am bragging on God. I want somebody here who's in a spot where you think that you never get out of that spot. To understand that the steps of a good man. Watch this. Not the skips. 
Not the skips. The steps of a good man. You just got to be a party to the process. And then watch what God does. Amen. Because somebody's working a job and you don't like it. But I want to let you know that on the way to principalship, Pastor Leslie worked some jobs she didn't like. It's a part of the Please don't read people's book from page 50. Go back to the table of contents. And you see you see titles like the day I almost quit. <laughs> huh? El yeah, the day I almost lost it. Elder Smith, if they go back to the beginning of your book, don't read, don't read Elder and Sam book from fifty from page fifty. Don't read Doc's book from now. Go back to Boston. Amen. Mother, we started somewhere. And we we got here. The many dangers, toils, and snags. I have already come. Somebody talk to me. Twas grace that brought me safe this far. Y'all act like y'all know a hymn. And grace will lead me. <laughs> the consecrated cross out there. Y'all better leave me alone in here. I know some hymns. Y'all think pastor don't know. I know some hymns. I come up on them. <laughs> Go on to John chapter 2. Hallelujah. Got to stand, man. Got to stand. We got to stand. We got to stand. We got to stand. We got to stand. Life hadn't been easy for much of anybody. So we're not going to whine about how tough life is. We're going to rejoice about how good God is. Amen. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now, there were six, oh, there were, excuse me, there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Hmm. Jesus said, fill them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, the ser but the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to, them, to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. Thank you, Lord, for your word. What you want us to get from this today. Thank you, God, that you're going to speak and you're going to decree some powerful things. And our lives will never be the same. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. So I really I want to back up a little bit to um, verse four. Well, actually, uh, verse three, when they ran out of wine, the mother, Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Um, Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour is yet uh, not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, you should do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, six water pots of stone, not like not like earthenware type things, you know what I'm saying? But there were six water pots of stone hewn out of stone that they used for the purification of the Jews. So they say the washing of hands um, so that when they went in, but they had to wash everything, hands, pots and everything. Yeah. If you recall, there was a time when Jesus and the disciples were eating without washing their hands. They made a real big deal out of it. So cleanliness was very important to them. Cleansings were very external cleansing, nothing internal. But anyway, external cleansings were very important to them. Pomp and circumstance, ritual was very important to them. So they had these pots that held about 20 20 to 30 gallons of water. That's what they held. They had a potential to hold, but these pots were empty. And that's what I want to speak about today. That's what I want to minister from today. The simple word, empty. Empty. I know it doesn't seem like, you know, it's not one of those gripping topics. But it is. Empty. Now, here's what we know about the water pots. Because that's primarily what I want to talk about. I, I don't want to talk, you know, about the, the normal things. Mary's uh, instructions to the servants to do whatever Jesus said to do. Jesus asking Mary, what does this have to do with me? I will, I will though, for, for background's sake, tell you that a wedding feast had the potential to last an entire week. And that it would be an utter embarrassment for the groom to run out of anything, wine in particular. So it was very important that you had enough of everything you needed so that your guests could party, or as some of us say, partay, for the entire week. And when they run out of wine, Mary goes directly to Jesus and there's no evidence that he had done any other miracles before this one. In fact, commentators say that it is likely that Mary by now is a widow and that Joseph has passed away because he is not mentioned anymore after they go to look for Jesus at the age of 12. So then if this is true, Jesus is the oldest child. He's the breadwinner. He is no longer just a carpenter's son, but he is now the carpenter. Oh, there's a word right there. Jesus the carpenter. Anyway, moving on. So he, 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 he goes to him because of who he is in the family. He must have proven his ability to solve problems. Because you don't go to somebody who doesn't have a record of being able to get things done. So again, there's no history. There's no, there's no proof that he had done any miracles prior to this. But she went to him believing that he could do something. Now, here's the thing. She didn't know what he would do, but she did know, thank you, mother, who the angel said he would be. So she knew there was something supernatural about him, and when she went to him, she didn't have any idea what he would do, but she trusted that he would do something. 
So even when he said, it's not my time, she told him, go ahead and do whatever he tells you to do. And, and then Jesus turns his attention to six water pots. So here's what we know about the water pots thus far. Number one, they were made of stone. As I studied this thing about stone, they were not made of these, like, you know, like a plate or something. They, they were made out of stone. They were hewn out of stone because they were seen as something that couldn't be polluted. And, and so they were good to be used for the ceremonial washings because you don't want to wash, you don't want to try to get clean out of something that's dirty. So they used stone. Everybody said they were stone. They were stone. Not, that's just something simple. They were made out of stone. Number two, their purpose. We know their purpose. Their purpose is that they were used for purification. So they had a specific purpose, and they were sitting there for their specific purpose. But the, the issue, I'll get to that in a minute. Third, we know their capacity. We know their capacity. We know what they could hold. We know what they had the potential to hold. So first, we know they're made of stone. Stay with me. Number one, they're made of what? Stone. Number two, we know their purpose, their purpose. We know what they're made of, and we know their purpose, and their, their purpose is for purification. And number three, we know their capacity. We know what they could hold if they had something in them. And so what they could hold was 20 to 30 gallons of water or whatever was poured into them. We know their capacity. Number four, we know that they were available, which means nobody was using them at the time. They were available. They were, they were, they were uh, uh, ready to be used, but not being used, okay? And so number five, we knew they were empty. So these are the five things we know about the, the water pots. Number one, they're made of stone. We know what they're made of. We know their purpose. We know their capacity. We know they were available, and we know that they were empty. Now, the word, of, the word empty, if you look it up, um, and I looked at several different dictionaries, it means containing nothing. Containing nothing, holding nothing. And here's another definition, not filled. So they're not filled. So they're containing nothing. They don't have anything in them. They are sitting there empty. They're available. They, they, they've, got, they've, got all, they've got all this capacity, but they're just sitting there with nothing in them. They could, they could do something, but they've got nothing. They've got nothing. They've got absolutely nothing. But, but, but it's beautiful, though. They're sitting there empty and available with all this capacity. And not only capacity, all this purpose. They got all this purpose, capacity, and everything, and they're just on ready. They're, they're ready, ready to go. They're perfect to be used. They're perfect to be used. You want to know why they're perfect? Because they're empty. And we, we all have all these ideas about empty. But empty's awesome. Empty's awesome. You don't go to put your coffee in a full mug. It's beautiful for it to be empty because if it's got something in it, not only do you have to get it out, you have to clean it before you can use it to get the residue of what was in it out of it. Amen. Somebody say empty's awesome. Empty's awesome. Empty's awesome. Empty describes a state. That's all it does. Describes a state. Simple. Its state was empty. But what does state mean, apostle? It is the particular condition that someone or something is in at a specific time. So think about, think about your state. 
this, is, this might be where you are now. At 11.10. By the 11, by, but by 11.11, 11, something could change. Can I say, can I say to you, you only live in moments. You, you, oh, you thought you were in a day. No, you in 11-11. Catch the revelation. You are in 11-11. 11-12, a lot can happen. No, no, everything could shift in your whole life. You could be sitting in your house at 10 o'clock. At 10-10, you can go to the mailbox and get a, 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 a check. And your financial situation changed. Then at 10-15, you can open another envelope and it'll be a bill. Now, what most people would do would lament the bill, but first, thank God for the check. That's going to pay the bill. We live in moments. And at the moment that these stone pots are first mentioned, they're empty. At this specific time. Somebody say empty. Now empty can be temporary or permanent. It can be temporary or permanent. You know, temporary means it doesn't last long. It could be just for a certain amount of time. And it's temporary. It's not going to When you ever you hear temporary, you, you know, you get happy. You say, oh, okay, it's not going to be this way always. Praise the Lord. And so, you know, but it can be permanent too. And here's the thing about whether or not something stays empty or, 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 or you know, for permanently or, t or temporarily, is it has a lot to do with us. Hmm. Stay with me. But here's the part I want to focus on empty can be purposeful. Empty can be purposeful. Use of the verb empty means to remove all contents. Hmm. Now why would somebody remove all the contents out of something? Hmm. Maybe because he plans on changing its use. So, maybe that's why some of us feel like we feel. Because he had to wait on us to run out. And the longer we hold on to us, the longer we hold off our purpose. But we don't want to feel empty. We don't want to be empty. But empty is not as bad as people make it. I'm willing to bet that you don't have any full glasses in your cupboard. Now, I'm not a betting man. I don't gamble, but I'm willing today 
No, I'm not really, not really. I'm just kidding. No, really. Do you have glasses filled with juice and coffee and water in your cupboard? No. And if one of your kids put a full glass of orange juice in your cupboard, wouldn't you fuss? You see? Empty. Those glasses are reserved. Watch this. To be used how you see fit. You know why? Because you paid for them. I know I'm not going fast, but stay with me. You paid for them. They're your glasses. So if you want to get a tall glass and put a half a cup of milk in it, it's your glass. You can do it how you want to do it. Say, man, you can take your bottled water, pour it out of the bottle, into the, you can dirty the glass if you want to. You want to know why? Because you paid for it. None of your glasses have the right to tell you how they'll be used. Your glasses can't say to you, uh-uh, you can't put coffee in me. I'm a tea glass. I have glasses that serve double duty. If I want coffee or tea, somebody shout glory. You want to know why I use it that way? It's my glass. And I use my glass how I want them. Now you use yours like you want to. If you don't want to use them for coffee, that's fine. But I use anyone in my house I want them for coffee. Somebody say amen. amen. That's because it's mine. And I'll fill it with what I want to fill it with. And it depends on how, how I want to use it that day. Jesus. <laughs> we have too much. We, we, we too Excuse me, don't nobody get mad at me. We're too full of ourselves. And there's no room for what he wants to put in. So sometimes he sits back and he lets us drive so we can run out. Now we thought running out was a bad thing. But running out put us in the position where now he could step in. And he could pour into us. So sometimes that's why the job didn't work out. Because we chose it. Somebody talk to me. We chose the job. We bought the car. We got that loan. So it's a struggle. You know why it's a struggle? Because we got to run out. We married who we wanted to marry. We dated who we wanted to date. Come on, no crickets allowed. Talk to me. No crickets allowed in here. Talk to me. We did it the way we wanted to do it. We didn't pray about it. We didn't ask God about it until later. It didn't work out. It, it got all convoluted. It was messed up. And we were sitting like a little kid on the side of the curb with our hands, uh, our face in our hands, wondering, Lord. And he was like, you're just right. Just tilt your head up a little bit and I'll feel you. 
all this movement, all this, all this, all this doing stuff. All this activity. Activity doesn't mean progress. I know daughter, I'm talking to you, daughter, just talking daddy to daughter, I'm just talking to you. I know people who are always busy. Every time I see them, the phone ringing. Every time I see them, they get the text. Every time, and they just tell me, oh, doc, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. What you doing? I ain't doing nothing. So you think, you think busy, you think activity means progress. But I ain't in the activity, I'm in the progress. I ain't moving until it's purposeful. I'm not doing anything until I see that this is going to accomplish something. So just doing a whole bunch of stuff don't mean nothing. These pots are just sitting there waiting on their moment. Waiting to be filled, Pam. Just sitting there, just sitting there waiting. Just, just being pots and all this potential and all this capacity. And just sitting there. And so, and so wow, empty is a good thing. It's, it's good. It's, it's not bad. Because here's the thing. It means there's room. It means there's room. Don't we get tired of doing us? Isn't that the new thing now? I'm going to do me. I heard somebody say it. Oh, I'm doing me. Okay, you can do that. Because this is America. And you have the right to do that. I wouldn't advise it. <laughs> because there's a way that seems right to you. The scripture says to a man. But I just thought I'd say a way that seems right to you. But the ends thereof are the ways of death. See, when we choose our own way, something dies. We don't know what we're doing. We like to think we know. Can I tell you it worked because God made it work? Don't you go around here telling people something worked because you did this, that, and the other. Then they go out and do it and it bomb. Blow up. You know how I know because I tried doing what other people did. And it didn't work for me. And the only reason it worked for them was because God is good. Well, see, the way I got my car paid off is I did this and I did that. And see, the way I handled it was like this and I handled it like that. And the reality is, the reason is God is good. Somebody say God is good. So let me go ahead and, and move through this. Huh, it's almost 1130. That's about the time I wanted to wrap up. It's okay, sir? Okay. So... I wanted to, I want to say this. Empty is awesome. So watch the process. Watch what happens with these, with these vessels. The vessels were found empty. Found empty. Somebody say found empty. They were found empty. And the second part of the process is they were filled up. And then the third part of the process is they were poured out. Short sermon today now. They were found empty. <laughs> they were filled up. And then they were poured out. 
if you're not found empty, then you can't be filled up. And if you're not filled up, you can't be poured out. And vessels never empty themselves of their contents unless they're broken. So the only time a vessel will empty itself is if it's broken. Now, I looked up the word broken because I needed to understand what broken means. And it means having been fractured or damaged and no longer in one piece or in working order. But even if you're broken, and Elder Smith, you had no idea I was going here. He can fix you. If you're broken, he can heal you. See, the, the sermon about being empty, is be, it's about being empty of our ideas, our desires, our agendas, our plans, our vision, so that God can fill us. Because sometimes God will put us in places where we don't want to be. Everybody pay attention to pastor. He will allow us to end up in places that make us uncomfortable on purpose. Because he has a use for us in that place. But we fight the will of God because we have a will of our own. And it keeps us from being as useful as we could be because we won't ever get empty. So, let your stuff go. Can I say something? Is there anything else up here? Yeah, a little bit, but I'm coming down there right now. You don't really know what God has planned. You don't really know why he allowed stuff to happen. So I was praying with my son here, Ed. I ain't going to put no need to the south, son. This is going to be okay. You good? Well, he said I could put it out there, but I'm not. That's not the purpose today. God bless you, though. I said, I, we were praying. And I said, God, thank you for the path you took us on. Because we wouldn't have chosen it. If you had let us choose, we would have gone the other way. The easier, softer way. But thank you, you took us the tough way. I remember it like it was yesterday. Just as you did with the children of Israel. You took them the long way. And not the short way. Because the short way would have surely led them to war. For which they were not ready See, you got to understand that you want to take the short way, but you ain't ready for what's up there. So he takes you by way of the Red Sea so he can show you his power. See, imagine standing there in front of the Red Sea. They are completely empty. They got nothing. 
They got nothing. I don't know how to get across this. There ain't enough boat. We don't have any boats. There's not enough supplies. We got over a million people. And if we did have boats, how are we going to get them across the sea before the people, before Pharaoh and his people catch us? There is no, we got nothing. See, you let me tell you something. Instead of crying when you at your I got nothing state, you ought to give God glory because that is your place of emptiness. But we don't like the vulnerability of being empty. We always want to have something. We always want to know how to fix it. We always want to have a phone number. But sometimes God puts you in a position where you have absolutely nothing but him. It's called empty. Where doctors cannot fix it. Money cannot get it corrected. Contacts cannot make it better. Come on, here. What you normally did to make you feel better about the situation don't work no more. Like Job said, I went to where I used to find you, and you were not there. I, went, I, I thought singing this song would make me feel better. I sang it, and I still feel the same. You know why it doesn't help anything? Empty. As long as you still have resources, will you fight me? I'll try to accomplish something in your life. I'll try to use you in a certain purpose. But as long as you still got stuff left, you'll resist me. I'm not hurting you. I'm allowing you to make decisions that end up being painful. Speak Holy Spirit. See what people say is, see God put me in this position so that I could learn this. No, God allowed you to make decisions that ended you up in this position. People blame stuff on God that are their own decisions and choices. So he, he, allow, he allows us to do our thing until we end up. And it's not until emptiness, apostle, that their true value could be seen because it's free of all the mess. Oh, God. Free of all the junk. I see what I saw day one now. Oh, talk to me, somebody. But you've been covered up. You've been covered up by you. So now I got you to a place where you're empty and now you're available. Isn't it something how emptiness will cause you to be available? But we having some church here today. Whatever you want, Lord. <laughs> However you want to use me, God. I'm done fighting, Lord. Have, no, have your way, Jesus. Come on. Isn't it something how that pain of emptiness makes us available? 
I ain't going nowhere. Boy, being Bible study, and you, you could tell when people got pressure because they show up to stuff they don't never show up to. I know intercessory prayer at 8 o'clock when I see somebody I've never seen. <laughs> what you doing, God? <laughs> How you working, Father? Found empty. Right? Then what? Fill up. And then what? Pour out. That's the process. He's looking for vessels that are ready to be used. And see, here's the thing. Watch this. If you don't be careful, you get locked into a use case. They will normally use Chris for purification. But today, their use change. You will no longer be used for hand washing. You'll be used for wine holding. You, you, got, you just got upgraded. See, you got to understand, God. We get locked into what we think. This is how God uses me. And if we get locked into that, if he wants to use us to do something different, we'll resist. Can I talk about it? There are people who think that being a, 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 a Stay with me. There are people who think being the senior pastor is forever. Sometimes somebody's calling to be a senior pastor for a season. And then when that season has ended, God may shift them to another place. Not as senior pastor. <laughs> he may shift them to another division. And then we look at him and say, oh, see, they're not a pastor because of this and because of that. No, it's because God made a shift. You may do praise and worship today, but tomorrow you might be on the door. Here we go. This is the moment. This is the moment. At the point of emptiness, this is the moment that their purpose was being fulfilled and their potential was being realized right at that point where they were empty and they got filled and here's the thing that gets me hey sister Moore, how you doing they were filled with water right h2o water tony just plain old water like tap water just right out of there anything special about water everybody got water people don't think much of water do you and don't don't many people think much about stone pots they're common. I, I'm pretty much willing to bet that, that a bunch of people had stone pots. They held 20 to 30 gallons, and, and everybody had access to water. Two very common things. But here's the thing. When timing and God's purpose intersected, something extraordinary happened. <laughs> when timing and God's purpose intersect, 
two common things produce something supernatural. A regular pot and regular water. See, you're looking at what you got, and you're thinking you don't have much. And you think if somebody else has what you had, they might have what you have. But let me tell you something. When your timing and God's purpose intersect, that ordinary thing will produce something supernatural. Everybody can sing Porsche. A lot of people can sing Porsche. The thing is, timing and purpose have to collide. And Chris, when they do, something supernatural happens. And that's all that happens in this story. You have regular old pots. You have regular old water. You pour regular water. Because this wasn't no supernatural water. This wasn't no blessed water. This wasn't wine water. Come on, y'all. Let's talk. Let's have a regular conversation about it. Let's just talk. Ed, this was regular water. This was like, I say it to, you know, I go get like six people. Hey, man, look, we got six pots down here. I wish I had six pots. We should have had six pots. Six pots, and I just had them go to the water fountain and just get water and bring it and fill it up until it gets to the brim. And that's all they did. And see, that's the, he filled it to the brim with water. He wanted them to see this is nothing but water. Up to the top, because see, if it had been down some, then, you know, people could have speculated. They could have speculated if they couldn't see the water. You understand what I'm saying? Because you know how people lie, Elder Smith. They'll doubt something in a minute. Won't they doubt something? That check was coming anyway. Believe what you want to believe. So so they speculate. So that's why it would fill to the brim so there'd be no doubt as to whether or not that was water. So everybody around the room could see that was clear water. You could see from the top D all the way to the bottom of of the stone pot. It was water, right? But when they dipped that thing out, And put it into the cup, the glass, whatever it was they used. When they got it to the guy that ran the party, he took a sip of that thing. Hey, where did this come from? This is powerful. Do you know that I've done a lot of parties? This is what he's saying, y'all. I've done a lot of parties. I've never seen anything like this. See, the parties I usually run, they give people some good wine at first to get them tipsy. Y'all, come on, it's real talk now. To get them a little bit, you know what I'm going to get them feeling good a little bit. And then when they get to the point where they can't tell the difference. They give them the, 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 the watered down stuff. But, but y'all been holding out. <laughs> y'all been holding out. Y'all saved the good stuff to the end of the party. That's some good stuff. Here's the thing. Watch this. Watch this. You, you might be thinking it's taking a real long time for something to happen. That's what you're thinking. That's what you're thinking. You're thinking it's taking a long time for this thing to happen. And I've been working and pressing and planning and working and pressing and planning. It's because you've been working and pressing and planning and not waiting on God to move you. I'm not saying don't work, but work when he says work. Because when you work in the place where he plants you, it'll be impactful. 
But if you work in the place that you plan, you might be spinning your wheels. So see, this, this empty thing means I don't know nothing about nothing. God, what should I do? How long should I wait? Who should I call? What should I ask them? Oh, come on. But we know too much. We have too many things figured out. We have too much experience to be empty. We're calling people and asking them what think, what they think. And we're not going to God. Empty means submitting to him. I have no idea what to do. Which outfit should, should, I, should I wear to the interview? Which question should I ask? Lord God, when I walk into the room, how should I sit? Thank you, Lord. Show me who will give me favor. Show me who you assigned to me, Father. Come on, y'all. Talk to me. But we go in. I've interviewed 20 times. I know how to do that. I can interview in my sleep. They offer the job. God, is this the job? They offer a position. God, is this the position? Do you want me to take it? Anything less than that is full. Husband and wife getting in an argument. God, should I be quiet? And when I break my silence, what should I say? And Lord, help me to say it the right way. Help me not to be condescending. I can't hear my married couples. Where y'all at? Help me to not remember I'm not their mama or daddy. But y'all quiet up in here. I said, no crickets, no crickets. We won't get empty. And that's why the time passes. But when we do get empty, watch this twins. When we do get empty, the process gets accelerated. Because they go from empty pots to holding water that produces wine like that. Here's the thing, though, Apostle. If you looked into the pot, you'd still see water. <laughs> Even after it made wine. People don't understand how something so extraordinary can come out of you. <laughs> They'll look at you, size you up, and underestimate you because of what you look like. Because of what you look like you holding. Y'all better, oh, I'm about to shout. But when God pulls that thing out of you. <laughs> see, that there's more to you than meets the eye, baby. Don't worry about people being able to recognize what's in you. You know that when God uses you. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. It ain't, it ain't about looking at some of y'all underestimating your own self. You're looking at yourself and saying, there's nothing to me. I don't have anything extra to offer. They told me I had to look for something special within me. But see, the thing is, you have something special within you. It's called the Holy Spirit. And it's not always easy to see. Don't be intimidated when people look at you. 
and try to define you by what you look like. Try to define you by your resume. You know how God can use you. Just stay empty, and I promise you, he'll do some amazing things. Look at how quickly they go from nothing to wine. Look at how quickly. He says, go get the water. He said, go get water. Fill them up to the brim. They fill it up to the brim. He says, now go and draw the water out. And they draw the water out. And somewhere between that little thing they used to draw the water out and the man's lips, it becomes wine. I don't know when it happens. I don't know how it happens. I don't know if Jesus is over there speaking something or if it just happens supernaturally. But by the time he drinks it, it is the best wine his lips had ever tasted. It was the best wine he had ever had. And the process gets accelerated. Because don't, don't you have to crush grapes? Remember that, that episode of Lucy? Remember that episode of Lucy when she was... <laughs> Y'all said, Pastor, something else. I'm just regular folk. I watch Lucy. So, so, so he didn't... So they would say, Ed, go get some grapes. Now, when Ed come back with the grapes, I want y'all to, to get on grape, grape stomping duty. And then, sister, I want you and, and Patty to get on each side of the spouts and catch the, 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 the grape the juice that's coming out. And then we're going to put some sugar in it, and we're going to put some other things with it. And then we need to go let it set for a while. We got to put it in barrels and let it sit because it's, it's got to, because, you know, wine, when it, it gets better with, y'all, <laughs> you know how you done told your wife that sorry line. You know, baby, you just like wine. <laughs> You get finer with time. You know you didn't use that sorry line. Y'all looking at me. <laughs> the wife like, he sure has, Pastor. Yeah. <laughs> and it, but it, it takes time for wine to get good. So how in the world do you go from water to real good wine like that? It's what God can do with empty stuff. So how did this sermon come about? Friday, I was in my office. And Lasana said to me one time that she was feeling some kind of way. I stole it from Lasana. I was feeling some kind of way. And I couldn't figure out why I was feeling the way I was feeling. So I said, you know what I'll do? I'll worship. Because when I worship, I feel better. So I'm going to go to what I know. So I start worshiping, right? And I think I'm just going to worship. I really do. I think that's all I'm going to do. And then the Holy Spirit said, start speaking to God. Okay, I start speaking. And, and what comes out of my mouth surprises even me. You know what I said? I'm empty. And after that, I say, I have nothing to offer me. And if I have nothing to offer me, I have nothing to offer anyone else. I don't mean, I don't mind being transparent in front of y'all. And the next words that come out of my mouth is, feel me. I feel it now. And when I say feel me, I felt the warmth of the Holy Spirit. No music playing. No worship video. Just me in an office chair in an empty room. And the Holy Spirit just came in the room. And he says, I was waiting on you to get empty. I was waiting on you to realize that you were not enough. 
that I am enough. Wow. And so he says, tell my people, empty ain't bad. If they could quit being in control and let me take over, I'll do some extraordinary things in their lives. And maybe they're still waiting on wine because they refuse to be empty. They just keep on doing it their way. Keep on making their own decisions. Keep on resisting me. Keep on fighting me. Every time I try to move in on their life, they're so full of their own ideas. They resist my guidance. I stand here very proud to say to you that I don't know anything except for Christ and him crucified. That's what Paul said. I know nothing among you. I claim to know nothing among you except Christ and him crucified. I'm counting on him for everything. Even the stuff I think I know how to do. I'm counting on him. The steps of a good man are ordered by who? The Lord. And he delighteth in his way. We were never supposed to be around here doing stuff ourselves. We're supposed to be seeking God, seeking his wisdom, seeking his word, following his principles and his precepts. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, thank you. I pray that this word has done what you wanted it to do and reached who you knew it would reach. We love you. You are amazing. There are so many amazing purposes, so much capacity in this room. And I thank you, God, that very soon it's all going to be realized as we yield to your Holy Spirit, as we stand open to be used by you in whatever way you choose. We cease resistance today. We stop fighting against you. We voluntarily submit to you. We've seen a lot of dead ends and difficulties because we have been in control. We ask you today, Lord God, not as a church thing, but as a life thing, have your way. Help us to have our ears open and our hearts turned towards you. It'll certainly make a difference. We love you, God. Thank you for your guidance from this day forth. In Jesus' name, amen.